0: RFMs, Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. We take a look at some herbal medicine, some alternative medicine with Dennis Stewart. And Dennis would love to hear from you. Good afternoon, Dennis. How are
1: you? I'm very well, Dave. I've uh, got a big weekend lined up. Home, I know. Uh, you know. If we get time
0: later, we might have a little talk about it because it's fascinating what you're going to be doing this week. Oh, I'll against. be at the games
1: tomorrow. The, the, games. the only games that count.
0: The Highland games. Highland games. Uh, uh, I'm uh, in Aberdeen. Yeah, you'll rug up. It's going to be cold in Aberdeen. Oh
1: well, we Scots, you know, we, we don't take much <laughs> to <terrain. laughs> Come from a cold country.
0: Will the uh, <laughs> will the kilt come out? Or? Look,
1: Dave, I just missed out. I had the kilt ordered. Yes, and I've expanded oh. a bit over the years, so <laughs> it didn't arrive in time. Oh, this okay, one. But I'll be there. I'll be at the Stewart stall.
0: Hello, Paul. And you're looking at the bilberry extract. You'd like to ask a question about it?
1: Yes. Hello, um, Dennis. Dennis. Is it yes. Dennis? <laughs> hello. Yes. Hello, I don't know whether it was
2: Dennis. <laughs> uh, Dennis. Yes. Um, look, I have an 89-year-old mother. Yes. She does yes. have circulation issues. Yes. She also has high blood pressure. Yes. And I mentioned that I was listening to your show a couple of weeks ago yes. and that maybe she should look into that for herself. But she spoke to her chemist Yes. who said that perhaps she shouldn't take it because she's on blood pressure medication and that bilberry's high in potassium. Is that the case?
1: Oh, look, I would question that. Um, yep. I have probably prescribed and, and sold more bilberry, bilberry extract than anyone else in the English-speaking world. And okay. I've never known... Uh, that to be a problem uh, if she's on um, some medication where potassium is not recommended to be taken you're talking about taking potassium in a significant supplemental way keep in mind that potassium occurs in many fruits and vegetables you eat a banana you get potassium so the the amount of actual potassium that would occur in a therapeutic dose of uh, bilberry extract, the 24% uh, bilberry extract, in my opinion, would pose no problem whatsoever. In fact, right. it, it is one of those supplements that uh, I think is, is, is an excellent supplement for any, any elderly person to consider for all the reasons that I've been speaking about over the last couple of months, if not years. Okay, that sounds great. That's what yes, I thought. So, yes. thanks very much. A pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Good, Good on you, Paul. On. If you'd like to call, four nine two one six two one six is the number. You will get through just like Paul did there straight away. Here at Two and your Now, here's an interesting one. I wanted to talk to yes, you about yes. many couples in our town and around the Hunter area. Yes. They've been able to have children mm-hmm. due to your what you're doing with your herbal treatment, whereas the uh, the natural treatments, the IVF, and that has failed them. How's this been?
1: Okay, the first thing to keep in mind here is that when we talk about using uh, herbal medicine, natural medicine to promote fertility, we do that in a very defined context. This is not in any way, Dave, to encourage people to think that herbal medicine is the option to mainstream uh, fertility treatments. It's a good option when the mainstream has failed or when the mainstream is so costly that no couples can afford the treatment anymore.
0: So if they have followed mainstream and they've failed and they're disappointed, there is an alternative.
1: And look, frequently couples will choose uh, to use herbal medicine prior to going down the pathway of uh, mainstream medication, mainstream treatment, because the herbal medicine approach um, is is cheaper because it's 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 herbally based, uh, and by virtue of being less technological, less demanding on staff and facilities, etc., it obviously is 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 cheap. Now, this doesn't mean to say it's better. Although, I can think of cases. One case, for instance, uh, of a couple that had paid eighty five thousand dollars on mainstream treatment to try to have a child, and it was only when herbal medicine was used in their protocol that they fell pregnant. And I can think of other couples that have spent huge amounts of money on the mainstream approach, have not been able to have children, and then have retreated to my uh, prescription for fertility and have had children. Tell us, Can you tell us how the herbal
0: process works?
1: Look, this is one of the weak spots, although we are becoming a little bit clearer, most of the herbs that are used for treating female infertility, now I emphasize female infertility, and I'm talking here about, uh, how could you call it, functional infertility, that is where there is no organic uh, reason as to why the, the woman should not be conceiving in that context we think that the herbs that are used which are th- the three main herbs are three American herbs, Helonius, Elytrius and also Dioscorea Uh, three of those herbs which form the basis of the herbal medicine treatment of functional infertility contain substances that are loosely referred to as steroidal or phytoestrogenic. That is, they have chemical constituents which are similar to the chemistry Of the female reproductive system. They are not the same, let me emphasize that, but we suspect they target the same receptor sites and tissues. In other words, we suspect that some of the chemistry of the herbs promote, stimulate, work with, augment the woman's fertility chemistry. Now that's a hypothesis and it's only a hypothesis. To this day, as with many aspects of herbal medicine, it's very difficult to stipulate exactly on what is being achieved when the herb is prescribed. All I can say is that after having now uh, been in herbal medicine for 38 years um, and having helped hundreds if not thousands of couples uh, to conceive, all I know is regardless of the scientific explanation, there are a bracket of herbs historically used now in Western herbal medicine for a couple of hundred years whose chemistry we have a minimum understanding of but we know that they are capable of replicating a benefit that is when they are prescribed, and not in every case, but when they are prescribed, frequently the three of them in particular will bring about what has been seemingly impossible. Um, so this is always the, the criticism of uh, herbal medicine, or we call it traditional medicine, that it is not as rigorously Uh, scientifically uh, dissected and understood as the mainstream. And I respect that criticism. Yes, yes. But when you're dealing with herbs, you're dealing with entities that are very complex, that do not necessarily have one active chemical. They're more like foods. And so whereas a drug can be understood on the basis of its unique chemistry and its pharmacological pathways with herbs which are more akin to the concept of a medicinal food it's very difficult to explicitly say how they achieve the benefit they do so I don't retreat from this weakness. It is a weakness, although it's being better explained today than ever before. I don't retreat from it because here I am, 48 or well, yeah. 38 years in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Don't need to uh, apologise, don't need to defend because these things, even in this town, there would be people uh, that would come forward and say taking the herbs did do, do the impossible.
0: Using the fertility herbs, mm-hmm. are you talking about one course or would it take a while, okay. do you think?
1: When I uh, treat a couple, and it 's always a couple, uh, and I will only treat uh, treat a couple a days after they have been adequately medically yes. profiled and defined. Now, I want to give this not a warning but this um, information to couples: Work with your medico, work with your GP, work with your fertility people, uh, and don 't um, commit yourself to anything unless you fully understand what you 're doing, the ramifications. When I treat a couple, I make sure that They have come subsequent to medical uh, investigation when other prospects of of treatment have failed or they're reluctant to go down the costly pathway. And what I say is, look, I will treat you for a period of time. Usually it's a six-month period of time. Yes. And they will say, why six months? And I will say, for two reasons, most couples that do well on my infertility treatment do well within a six month period of time. Some very early in the six month, some later in the six month, and indeed after the six month period, when I have ceased treating them, some will then fall pregnant because the treatment doesn't stop at the end of six months. But the reason I say that is I do not want uh, people to think yeah. that this is a process that they have to lock themselves in for years and years and months and months with their fingers crossed. It's not ethical to do that. And the other thing is, after six months, if, if nothing has happened, I'm the first first to say look exploit other options go back to your gp look at other procedures don't keep just paying money into something that's not working
0: now over your 38 Mm. years have you got a lot of these women pregnant I have you
1: have with herbal medicine
0: yes you're very proud of that I can see
1: you're laughing there Dave (laughs) it was a cheap joke on my part. you noticed my my emphasis there (laughs) on herbal medicine
0: you picked up on it very quickly I did did. gingivitis at Kay's Beach Elizabeth you'd like to talk to Dennis about gingivitis Uh, yes
2: I'd like to and I'd like to thank Dennis because I got my
1: first little grandchild from Dennis's herd well isn't that lovely there we go and this wasn't stage managed was it
2: no, you did it all. There 20, you go. Twenty months she is, and she's just a gorgeous little baby. Well, thank you. Just how, love
1: her. How can I help you?
2: No, well, I have gingivitis yes. that sort of comes and goes. Yes, yes. I've made up a sage leaf mouthwash. Good girl. And I'm on antibiotics at the moment. Yes. But yes. Is there something? Yes. Like when I brush my teeth normally, the toothpaste hurts anyway. Yes. So I've been brushing my teeth with um, turmeric.
1: Yes. Now look, so, I'll, I'll tell you what you can do here, and it will work. Yeah. The first thing to appreciate is there is one uh, unique herb here that once upon a time would, be, would have been better known within de- dentistry and pharmacy than what it is today. It's called myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H. Oh. Now, there is a preparation called tincture of myrrh. Uh-huh. It's in the British Pharmacopeia, the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, and it is renowned, let me emphasize, it is renowned for addressing recurrent, recurring or chronic gingivitis. And it is used as a mouthwash. Uh And what I recommend is that you use tincture of myrrh with a little bit of glycerin. The best thing to do is to come to the rooms at Alma Road, and we'll put it together for you. But for for listeners remote from the Newcastle region, uh, tincture of myrrh is the answer. I can't think of any cases that have not done well on it. All be it, all be it reinforce your uh, diet your food with a supplement that is rich in bioflavonoids and vitamin c okay so you do that oh, and that'll do more than um, just give you a, a child that'll fix 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 your teeth and your gums <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: okay um, what days are you open there uh, look it's um,
1: probably best to come in on a monday or a thursday or a friday monday.
2: Thursday, um, yeah. no worries, I'll see Br- you then
1: Bring us a photograph of your little baby
2: Oh Will, she's gorgeous, thank, thank you, you and God okay. bless, okay, okay. bye
0: bye Bev joining us from Bonnells Bay, Bev you'd like to talk about sinus issues
2: Yes, tell me how I can relieve it, this winter it has hit me dreadfully and I'll do whatever even if I have to stand on my head.
1: Are you taking antibiotics for it Bev?
2: No I haven't got to that stage yet okay. I did before other winters but not this stage.
1: Okay I'll, I'll tell you a little procedure. If your sinus is already active and it's painful mm-hmm. and it's debilitating, it's not a bad idea to get onto a course of antibiotics to start with. Then, mm-hmm. then, then follow it up with a combination of herbs. Now, where do you live? Where do you live? bottles Bay. Okay, um, it wouldn't be too difficult to get that um, made up. Uh, my rooms at New Lambton, you could have it made up. I'm trying to think of a compounding pharmacist around there. There's,
2: there's one at Currumball.
1: Okay, and there's one at Chidaway Bay who's actually studied with me, Sam. He's in uh-huh. the in Chidaway Bay. He would stock the herbs that I'm going to talk about now. If you can't uh-huh. access, if you can't access the mixture and it is uh-huh. a mixture, um, then we can always dispense it from my rooms at Alma Road, but seek out a compounding pharmacist or a herbal dispensary in your own region. Sam at Chittaway Bay has studied with me. He knows what he's doing, as I'm sure the other uh, pharmacists would as well. So if you are acute and you're symptomatic and you're not uh, doing well and you've perhaps got a bit of a temperature, I would suggest uh-huh. you consider initially... Uh, an antibiotic and then come off onto the following herbs have you a pencil and paper i'm ready okay the herbs that are most important are elder e l d e r eye echinacea yep golden seal golden seal and myrrh m y w r h Now, those herbs are all liquid herbs, and a compounding pharmacist or a herbalist would have a dispensary where those herbs would be stocked, so they would be put together in their correct proportions as a compound, and that compound would be taken in a dose that would be calculated, and that compound is a very useful compound based on the recommendations of the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, the Bible of modern uh, herbal medicine. a very very reliable recommendation the formula that i have used for very very many years it is most useful however let me emphasize this for dealing with recurring or chronic or settled sinusitis and secondly also a good way of reinforcing resistance to sinus infections is to take on board the importance of bioflavonoids and vitamin c so if you are at your health food store or pharmacy, getting the liquid uh, medication made up, uh, also uh. also get a good preparation that contains high levels of vitamin C with the bioflavonoids. They have a remarkable okay. effect on, on mucous membrane uh, conditions, as is sinusitis. Uh. Now, if you do that, if you yeah. start off by seeing your GP... Treat the acute symptoms. If, it's, if it is okay. really acute, it's up to you oh. to make that decision. But if it is acute, see your GP and or start on the herbs with the vitamin C and the bioflavonoids.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: That's easier than standing on my head. Yes, don't do that. It's dangerous.
2: It would be for me.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Okay.
0: Take care, Bev. Four nine two one six two one six if you'd like to be part of the program. Joining us now is Monica. Hello.
2: Hi, how are you? Hello, Monica. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm oh, very
1: well indeed. How can we help you?
2: Right. Well, I was advised yes. uh from my optometrist that I have the symptoms of dry eye. Yes and I was wondering if there were any known herbs um, or anything that I could do naturally to help.
1: What has he suggested you do?
2: Well, basically, just put, to put drops in okay. and that it was naturally ageing.
1: Okay. Look, it's not, a, it's not an easy condition to treat, um, naturopathically or, I suspect, medically, but if, uh, feedback over the years suggests the following that might be useful that are not expensive and that are very safe. I get very, very good feedback from patients um, with dry eye conditions uh, and patients, say, with Sjogren's syndrome, which is characterized by dryness, who incorporate into their diet a daily intake of the fish oils. Now, the, the fish oils have to be taken, let me emphasize this to listeners. If you're going to get a therapeutic benefit out of the fish oils... The dosage range is three to six thousand milligram of fish oil per day. Anything less than that is unlikely to do anything in my opinion. So that's worthwhile giving a go. Now I know that I mentioned Bilberry a lot, but in this condition I'm not as confident about its potential benefit as I would be about its use in diabetic retinopathy or macular (coughs) degeneration. But I would suggest, nevertheless, a trial, a long-term trial on the bilberry and the taking of the fish oils on a a daily basis, a trial for a period of time until your optometrist or ophthalmologist can make an assessment as to whether or not the condition is stabilising or perhaps even may be improving. Right,
2: okay. And... um what I actually thought was that it had been quite windy before I actually went in, and yes. maybe that it, it it could have been that that, uh, that they were looking at, that it mightn't have been long-term, because I didn't really feel that I had dry ice. Okay. Although... Okay who knows really I suppose they said it's just a natural part of ageing
1: well the good thing about it of course is that uh, the the bilberry in particular with its high content of what are called anthocyanidins which are the sorts of bioflavonoids that it contains those anthocyanidins will address in my opinion other likely deterioration in in aspects of, of your eyes, uh, quite apart from perhaps doing something for what you mentioned. So it's a good supplement, in my opinion, as I said to an earlier listener, to be on full stop.
0: Kathleen's
1: joining us now from Bishop's Bridge. Good
0: afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. How are you?
1: Hello, Kathleen. Nice to hear I- you.
2: Yes. Hi, doctor. Um, nice to be able to get on to you. Um, my husband has uh, reoccurring mouth ulcers due to myelodysplastic syndrome. Yes. Are you able to give me a hint there. I've tried all white tails and everything else.
1: Okay. I, <laughs> look, yes. look, it's it's not an easy condition to treat, but no. the the best results the best results that I get with patients that have recurring mouth ulcers, is to use a little preparation that is known as a Blackmore's celloid, C-E-L-L-O-I-D. Have you written that down?
2: Um, I'm sort of driving down my driveway at the moment. Okay,
1: well it's a a Blackmore's celloid, uh, celloid. I think it's called PC73. Now, right. I, know, I know that sounds rather left-field and exotic, but in the celloid range, that's its code, PC73. Yeah. And yeah. I have had some good results, particularly when it's prescribed with what's called a, a synergist, which is known as sodium phosphate. And in the Blackmore's range, that's known as SP96. Now, I know this, listeners will thinking, think that I'm talking in Masonic language yeah. or something. I'm not. That's code language or product language. Those products could only be procured from a practitioner such as myself or other naturopaths who are using blackmore's mineral therapy but i've had very very good results over the years in addressing recurring um, chronic mouth ulcers with those two minerals the only other thing that i would say is this that a a mouthwash done daily with an extract of licorice Right Now okay. licorice is, is anti-inflammatory yes. It is particularly anti-ulcerous You must not swallow it Because licorice in high doses Can send uh, the blood pressure up But say right. say 5 mils of a licorice extract yes. With a little bit of warm water a uh, wash, swished around in the mouth, so to speak, once or yes. twice a day, may bring about a little bit of anti-inflammatory and anti-ulcerous benefit. Um, if you saw a compounding pharmacist, they'd be able to put that together with you, licorice with a little bit of glycerin to promote better adherence. That right. that done as a daily mouthwash, taken in conjunction with those two minerals. I think you'll find you might get somewhere, and if you can't get them where you are, you can always get them from thirty-nine Alma Road. Thirty-nine
2: Alma Road. Yes, wonderful.
1: Okay, thank
2: you very much.
1: Okay, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate
2: your time. Thank Have you. A good day. Bye thank now. you very
1: much. Now we've got Cheryl with us, and she visited you yesterday. She did, I know, Cheryl. She's a very attractive lady from Carrington. How are you, Cheryl?
2: Oh, hi, Dennis. Nice good. to talk look. to you. Yeah, look, I decided I would ring in yes. with that little dip recipe that yes. I talked to you about yesterday I'll just explain
1: yeah. I'll just explain to the listeners what we're talking about here sure um, in a in a book entitled foods that fight cancer which I frequently mentioned on this program uh, by the two Canadian PhDs there is a little food chart in that book that I hand out to many of my patients and this little food chart says that if you eat these foods regularly on a daily basis in the specified amount stipulated on the food chart by the two Canadian doctors then this will set up a useful resistance to the assertion of cancer and may be of benefit in people even fighting cancer so many people get that little chart and find it a little bit onerous when they have to use or take those foods in the stipulated amount on a daily basis but you've developed a way of taking those foods in a unique and condensed form haven't you?
2: Yes. Yes, I. I Tell us about met. it. Very simple. Well, each um, evening I just do a pre-dinner with raw cauliflower and broccoli and carrot sticks and things like that yes. and as a dip I put in um, the tomato paste which one of the things suggested a tablespoon of that. I also put a, ta- a teaspoon of turmeric and then I add pepper just to, Enjoy. you know, it benefits the turmeric effect. I, I'm, I love cumin, so I always put cumin in anyway <laughs> and I put one to two uh, fresh garlic you know, just um, squeeze them into it and then i just put a teaspoon of um cranberry chutney um, I don't make that but um, the berries and cranberries are yes. especially good too yes. so I pop that in and then just mix it all up and I mean it doesn't amount to that much really no. and it just is the nicest bit to put your crucifix vegetables in and I never have a trouble with just having one glass of red wine anyway well, I never so do it's, either <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice way and, and just by that simple little dip you you know sort of put in at least four or five of those um, foods that are on the suggested um, chart. So it works for us, and I thought maybe it's worth putting out there. Someone else might
1: like to try it. I know what uh, you're going to do for me. You're going to put that down on a sheet, and I'm going to get it printed. And those listeners that want a copy of that little program and contact us and we'll supply it to them. So you, you'll do that for me, won't you? Yes,
2: yeah, it sounds like a great idea. That's <laughs> a great idea. Us. And I'll just, yep, go back
1: okay. o- I'll just go back over this. What this dear lady has done is make those foods that are recommended by the two Canadians on the chart that I'm happy to supply any listener with, what she's done is make that into a very, very tasty one dish approach rather than multiple foods this dear lady has designed a way of using those recommended foods in a tasty one meal approach thank you for ringing in
2: okay great see you
1: Have
0: a good day, Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye. Bye. hello fiona at abermain how are you doing today
2: i'm very well how are you
1: hello fiona how can we help you
2: yeah, I've just heard about uh, the lady with the dry eye. Now, yeah. I'm ringing for a friend who's got the diabetes retinopathy. Yeah. Is yes. that what it is?
1: Diabetic retinopathy, but, yes, yes. Yeah,
2: yes, and yeah. Um, yeah, she's been to the optometrist yes. um, and to get a result, yes. and um, she wants to know, is there anything, any herbs that can take that away, or okay. what does she have to
1: do? Okay, if I had diabetic retinopathy... Um, I would be um, very, very happy to go on to the supplement that I've mentioned so frequently on this program, and that is the bilberry. Now, the the bilberry in in one of the textbooks that we we even used in teaching herbal medicine to graduate and and, and undergraduate students, written by Pizzorno and Murray, in a section dealing with diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration, there are two herbs explicitly stipulated the first is the bilberry and the second is the ginkgo now the ginkgo is a herb that I have great confidence in but uh, it needs to be used perhaps uh, with the doctor's understanding because many elderly patients might be on blood thinners and mm-hmm. there is the possibility that the ginkgo could interact with the with, with bilberry it's unlikely that that would be so and I could only say that if I were diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy uh, the the use or the the taking of the bilberry would be something that I'd be very very happy to do.
2: Right so is that in the form of a tablet or yes, a, look, uh,
1: it comes in many ways but uh, you've got a, a pharmacist there at Abermain mm-hmm. that's the one just before you go under the bridge on the left hand yes. side I'm sure yes, he would I'm sure he would have a supplement of bilberry in a tableted form. It's it's not a difficult product to get, but you should emphasise to the pharmacist there. And I wish him well because uh, Aberman's needed a pharmacy for some time, and he's got a good little location there, and it looks to be a very good operation. So, um, give you my regards, but tell him that ideally you, the bilberry should be one that has a standardised level, a standardised level. Of the active chemical. All
0: right. Good luck with that, Fiona. Ring us back in a week or two and let us know how you go. Now, over your forty years mm. in herbal medicine, mm. have you discovered and named something?
1: Uh, look, uh, <laughs> I've discovered many things. You ask me that question all the time, Dave. The trouble is, I've discovered too many things. And <laughs> where do you get the names
0: from? That's what I want to
1: know. Oh well, okay. Look, m- most of the names are based on tradition, right? And so, herbs have have two names. Herbs have what's called a common name, mm-hmm. and then herbs have what's called the botanical name. Now, any herbalist that's worth their salt, or anyone using herbs, should become bilingual for the very good reason that a common name uh, can frequently be applied to a number of herbs. And that's where, it's, where you can get confusion. Mm-hmm. Whereas each herb, even, well, any herb that has uh, the same common name has a botanical name that would separate it from other herbs that have that name. So the two things is a herb is named commonly and a herb is named botanically. I've, I'm obviously bilingual, but we say where do they come from? Well, many of them come from tradition. For instance, um, a good herb like vine as an american herb mm-hmm. obviously it was used by the american red indians and it's a herb that was used by american women in the process of childbirth to lessen hemorrhage to promote the the process of giving of birth mm-hmm. now uh, we would have it as a, a, a we would call it up by its botanical name so the traditional name Uh, is the name that was given to it by the way in which people used it. The botanical name is the name that's given to it in recent times by botanists. Now, one of the herbs that I had a lot to do with, and we probably finished the program on this, one of the herbs that I had a lot to do with in bringing into into Australia has a name that's commonly known as chaste tree. Mm -hmm. Now, chaste tree, they say, where do you get that name from? Well, chaste tree has a berry, a very pungent berry, It's a beautiful tree that should be cultivated. I have them growing around my house. Now, a chase tree developed its reputation because it was used in monasteries in order to lower the libido of monks. Mm -hmm. And it was known as monk's pepper. And when also used by nuns, it was claimed to have also an effect uh, on libido, sex drive, etc. Now, we used to laugh at that, except we now know that it does have um, what we call an anti-androgenic action, uh, which on males uh, has ramifications as well as on females. So the name tree came from the way in which in the Middle Ages it was used for better or worse in monasteries. You notice I said for better yes, or worse, yes. right? But in, in, in technical terminology it's known as vitex agnus. Castors, I introduced that into Australia when I first started lecturing the late 70s and early 80s and it is now one of the most popularly used and universally recognised medications for addressing so many female reproductive disorders ranging from the premenstrual syndrome through to endometriosis through to aspects of infertility. I had a lot to do with that Mm. and brought it in and uh, pride myself on it becoming one of the most popularly used herbs by women, not only in Australia, but all around the English-speaking world.
0: Thank you for explaining that. Barry's with us, probably the last call today. Hello, Barry, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Hello, Barry. Oh, I would like to say you are doing a bloody good job. Thank you, Barry. And I appreciate they should call you a doctor. Oh, do they? Because <laughs> I've got a lot of old people in my club that have been through you. Yes, and they are a lot better. Thank you, Barry. So, that's
2: all I want to say. Nothing interesting. You just, uh,
0: you're doing a good job, mate.
1: Thank you very much, Barry. Hey, buddy. You
2: have a good day.
0: Thank good you. on you, Barry. Thank you for the call. It's always a nice call like that. Isn't it, it is a indeed. Bit, a little bit of praise is always welcome.
1: It's, we should keep going, Dave. We should keep going. We, how about <laughs> you wound you, me up, well, Dave. We, just cool your jets there. <laughs> and you we'll, wound we'll, me we'll up, We'll do Dave, it again next week. Okay. Before you go...
0: Yes. This weekend, tell me a little bit more. You're going to have some fun up there I'll with the, the games? I'll be yeah. at Aberdeen. I'll yeah. be at
1: the Stewart store with my uh, second cousin. I won't be wearing the kilt, unfortunately, oh. but I'll be up there listening. I think you're
0: selling that. a short there, not wearing uh, the uh,
1: kilt. Well, next year. Next year. Next
0: year. year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> well, you have some fun. Have a safe trip up there. Thank you Dave. And uh, any people that want to say hello, you'll be able to see him up there at the stall Go thank and you. say hello. Have a great week. We'll talk again next week. Always fantastic to have Dennis Stewart with us for Health Naturally. And again, thank you so much for your calls. You make the show. And it will be back between midday and one next Friday afternoon.